Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. An interesting way to start a Monday trade. Um, Besides the fact that we've got heat and humidity affecting all the Midwest, which is obviously catching the attention of our cattle producers, we had some struggles happening within the grain complex. Obviously, some mixed numbers on corn, but it was the soybeans that really took it hard in the complex and flipping the page to look at the livestock, not pretty there on the cattle side. But hogs, we got some green on the screen and some positivity happening within the trade. We're going to take a look at that and a whole lot more today as Sue Martin joins us. She is with Ag and Investment in Clarion, Iowa. Got to start out talking, Sue. What happened today in these soybeans? Well, I think uh, it's several things. First off, uh, the report didn't give us enough bullish news, but we have to keep one thing in mind that last Thursday, the day before the report, soybeans got within 10 and 3 quarters cents of the all-time high, which was set 10 years ago in 2012. And so selling hit the market justifiably, trying to, you know, count on small risk, put stops above the high, and said maybe this is enough. And then you had a government report come out on Friday that didn't really give us an awful lot of bullish news. Um, But, you know, they raised Brazilian and uh, Argentine bean production, which took traders, I think, a little bit by surprise and disappointing. But uh, also we've been getting in the past week just about daily the open interest in puts was going up on the July contract. So the attitude was showing the trade was getting more negative, not as friendly, and no longer willing to ride with the beans being so high priced at this time. But the uh, one thing that I think, too, besides the potential double top, you also had another COVID outbreak in Beijing causing a lockdown. You had talk of of potential of a three-quarters percent interest rate hike by the Fed on Wednesday when they hold their meeting. And then also I think that um, we had to also look at the fact that – uh, crude oil was not able to follow through, and I think the bean market's been been getting help out of crude oil. So all of those things came into play uh, to put the markets uh, into a more negative spin. But uh, veg oil markets overnight were down pretty hard as well, and they reached, in fact, uh, palm oil reached a 10-year low, which is ironic because it wasn't that long ago, and they were making new all-time highs. So um, that pushed to weaken the crude oil prices. And then, of course, uh, I think that uh, Indonesia, they played into it overnight. They modified their palm oil export policy again. And uh, it was just a few weeks ago that they put a, a ban on for exports. And Indonesia is the world's largest palm oil producer and exporter. And then Malaysia comes in as number two. Well, Malaysia is forecasting slower exports, which should be kind of bullish in a way. Uh, But they also then view that they'll see stocks increase because of not exporting as much. And so the complex of all of that just basically fell on selling. And uh, so we're starting the week off opposite of last week with weakness. And again, the government report maybe didn't give us enough bullish news this time around for the levels we were at. But the one thing we need to keep in mind is that uh, in the face of 91 million planted acres that are forecast for this new crop year, um, the carryout's still only at 280 million bushels. 
and that's a crop size or a carryout that cannot mean there can be much adversity with our demand as strong as it is for this carryout. How far is it going to drop? And yes, pipeline supplies could come quite quickly. So we need to, and that's talking a new crop. So we really need to be watchful because what it's saying is this soybean crop of the new 2022-23 uh, crop year cannot handle any adversity at all. So we look at the outside market influence, and I know that was talked about a little bit on this corn market today, and did that help kind of keep it at least on the mixed side, or was that more of an influence for the negativity we saw? Well, I think, um, you know, the Dow being down as much as it is today, again, off of interest rate talks, um, played into this, and I think it put fear in many markets. But for corn, I think there was some unwinding of bull spreads and um, also the attitude that this is a market that, um, you know, right now we're going to see some heat units come in, and that's a little bit on the um, crop potential size. That's helpful. But then they're talking that the ridge is going to set in and to the center of the Midwest, and that could then set this ridge potentially into a stagnant place, and it sits. If that does indeed happen, then, you know, new crop corn maybe has a little more uh, energy to try to rise higher because we aren't rationing anything at this time. What are you seeing uh, from a wheat complex side? I know that the harvest is underway in the south. Uh, we had some crop issues to the north. Just a lot of influence for them? Well, I think that, um, you know, it was interesting. Today I was looking at uh, the Farmer's Almanac forecast for the summer again. And it shows all of Minnesota down to the Iowa border uh, cool and wet. And it shows the eastern third of uh, North Dakota as uh, basically, uh, and even South Dakota, as also cool and wet. But it shows the rest of those states west hot and dry. And then it shows for Iowa and a major producing area of the Midwest, in fact, pretty much all of it, it shows us hot but wet. Yeah, but lately, every morning we have a rain. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue with the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, people and products make the difference. Here's Fontenelle dealer Brandon Novak from St. Paul, Nebraska. Fontenelle offers a strong product lineup through their soybeans and through their corn. Working with the people of Fontenelle have made things a lot easier just because I have a sense of security and knowing that the products that I choose will be the right products for my farm with the help of our knowledgeable agronomists and FSRs. For more, contact your local dealer or go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation this afternoon with Sue Martin. She's with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. So we were talking over the commercial break, uh, Sue, about the highs and can they be taken out of the market? What are you thinking when we look at these grains? Is there that possibility? Well, I think there is, especially with the heat setting in. And, of course, 
you know, the options, the July options go off the board on the 24th. And so you're talking 10 days. That includes, that's calendar days, so that you got to take two out for a holiday, or not holiday, but actually three days out because we do have a holiday weekend coming up uh, on Father's Day weekend on the 18th because of the new holiday, Juneteenth, I think it's called. Um, but um, I think it's possible. You know, in the past week or so, we've seen a very big increase in put options being bought for uh, on July soybeans. And so the market sometimes will go after that premium. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if the market's able to do so. But another thing, too, is the heat and what it does for, you know, the Kansas crop and what have you. And then on top of all of that, you know, we have to keep in mind that uh, Ukraine is also going to be uh, harvesting their hard red, not hard red, but their winter wheat and also their barley. Well, it's thought that farmers over there are going to have a tough time getting diesel to be able to harvest. And that's going to be something interesting to watch is to see how well that harvest progress goes. Um, there's talk that some of it's taking four to six weeks to deliver diesel to the farmers. And if that is indeed true, uh, that could certainly uh, uh, end up offering a, another reason to try to give the market another bounce because they won't be getting any wheat. And, of course, you know, out as timely and it drags that season out it's going to be interesting you know you talk about the the heat and the humidity that we're dealing with right now in the upper midwest from a livestock perspective at what point is cattle going to take notice uh, on the trade well i thought it was rather interesting because today that market fell and again i think it was the talk of interest rates going up uh three quarters of a percent we've been dialing in a half percent each time and, to, you know, today there was talk of a three-quarters percent. And I think, you know, it not only hit the stock market, but it hit other markets as well. And, of course, the concern of the cattle producer with the high cost of feed, higher interest rates, um, it's, it's, I think, a concern. So it weighed on the cattle market and, of course, kept the prices down pretty decently. So we're starting the week off not that great. Now, I do think it's possible that we are looking at uh, a peak here uh, because as in uh, the box beef, for example, because when you start getting all this heat and this heat still lasts into mid-July, normally people don't eat as much. And that tends to bother the uh, demand for the beef. Well, hogs at least got a reprieve and, and it's nice to see some positive numbers for them. Well, it was, and I've got to say, pork is about the cheapest meat you've got at the grocery store. And so that helped that market recover a little bit. Um, I think that, I'm not sure, I believe the hog market's done going down. In fact, I know I don't think it is. But in the meantime, it's catching a little enthusiasm because of all the demand for, you know, you name it. It could be pork loins. It could be for the butts to smoke. Um, you know, I think... At the grocery store, uh, pork seems to be the, the cheapest meat out there. And, you know, to try to buy chicken is getting a little difficult. I know we're in a, an area where there's a lot of poultry production and, of course, bird flu is part of it. 
and then uh, and quite a few buildings haven't been taken all the way down. And uh, of course, it's sad. And in, in our local area, um, I think it was Central Valley Farms employs 700 people, has laid off almost all of them down to about 70. That's tough for those produ- those people that work in those jobs. But in the meantime, until we get something going here, and it's not just them, it's also Rembrandt. Um, you know, the concern over the uh, uh, bird flu is what's causing, I think, a little bit more difficulty to get uh, chicken at the grocery stores. It's a lot of crazy times that we're in as obviously gas prices continue to come up. That'll cause some some pullbacks within our pocketbooks as well as the heat. So it could be some interesting uh, struggling times over the next month or so for these livestock. I think so, too. I, I can't disagree one bit. Well, Sue, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051, and you all have a great day. Thanks so much. Sue Martin's joining us today. She's with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. Just to remind folks that commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. You can check this out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe. It's a free podcast. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.